friends. Billy Dean Shoemate III here, and welcome back to another episode of Strange Places. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor and DistroKid. And I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I stumbled upon this one. The short list that I have, which actually isn't short, it's about 50 large, but that's the break glass in case of, you know, kind of thing where if I'm doing my research and sometimes that research is done at the last minute and I can't find squat. So it's a break glass in case of Billy can't find anything. This one was not on the list. This one, the second I saw it intrigued me quite a bit because, and I'm going to look up something here. I live in, I don't even know if I should tell you this, but <laughs> I live in Paducah, Kentucky. An hour and a half from here, which I've been to this town many a time, Cape Girardeau, Missouri. And as soon as I saw Cape Girardeau, I was like, oh, hey, something in more or less, you know, my neck of the woods here. What happened? What are we talking about? You know, because there's been things in Kentucky that will go over, but I don't want this to be, a, you know, a podcast called Strange Places Around Billy. You know, I just I want it to be. I want to branch out and go to space and go to Australia and go to, we do a lot of things from Australia, but yeah, you know, I wanted to hop around and not just do Kentucky things, but Cape Girardeau is pretty close, you know? So I, 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 I was going to skip over it until I saw this 1941 UFO crash. That's all I needed. They had me at hello, right? I went to ufocenter.com. This is the Seattle based National UFO Reporting Center, there are accounts of 1,857 UFO sightings observed throughout most sections of this area of Missouri since the early 1950s. Only about 5% of UFO witnesses actually report their experiences, right? The total number of Missouri UFO encounters is huge, making it a hot spot. I started looking into it further, and I found out about a UFO crash that happened even before Roswell. Supposed UFO crash. I think that on this podcast, we have 100% completely proven that with the Ramey memo as our evidence, we prove that Roswell did happen. I am convinced of that. I challenge everybody to come forward on every episode, and if I miss any crucial piece of evidence that can alter the course of the decisions that we come to at the end or what our opinion is, I always invite you guys to come forward. And <clears throat> this one, the Ramey memo, what happened at Roswell, that door slammed so freaking hard, man. I, I, I'm convinced that it happened. I think we proved it, finally, on this show. I don't want to be narcissistic and egotistical and pretentious and all that and say, strange places finally solved Roswell. But when you did, you fucking did. And I think the Ramey memo was that smoking gun. Do we have something here? Well, in 1941, UFO crash, supposed UFO crash, southeast Missouri preceded the well-known Roswell, New Mexico crash by almost six years. In 1991, the late Leonard... Stringfield, he was an, he, uh, who he was, is um, he was an early UFO investigator. He was a former civilian consultant to UFO operations at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton. In the 1950s, he published an account of an alleged 1941 UFO crash in Cape Girardeau. 
Stringfield's article appeared on the July 1991 issue of his Status Report. It's a monthly publication on UFO activities, investigations. He was kind of like the uh, uh, written word Art Bell of his day. (laughs) The article was based on information received from Charlotte Mann. She was a young child living in Cape Girardeau in 1941. See, at the time, Charlotte's grandfather, the Reverend, Reverend William Huffman, was pastor of Cape's Red Star Baptist Church. That'll, this will be important in a second. And I saved a lot of research for this because, like I say, not only do I think real reactions are cool, and, you know, actually hearing that in, you know, me, I think what makes this, what sets this podcast apart is I like, because I don't see a lot of podcasts do this. They just tell the story or report the thing. But I wanted to set strange places apart from everybody else, you know, in the sense that, and I think we do, you know, in the sense that we're putting things together and investigating as we go along. I think that's really cool. You make the podcast, for those of you budding podcasters out there, make the podcast that you want to hear, and I think you'll do well. But anyway, Charlotte told Stringfield her grandfather received a call This was spring, 1941, okay? Local police asked him to travel with them to the site of an airplane crash outside the city limits to minister to the victims of the crash. Yes, let me reiterate that. Spring, 1941, okay? The Rev gets a call from local police. They're asking him to administer last rites to victims of what they said was a plane crash. When Reverend Huffman arrived on the scene... Police officers, firefighters, FBI agents, emergency medical crew, military personnel, uh, presumably from the Army Air Base in nearby Sykeston, could have been. When viewing what Huffman described as a disc-shaped object, the interior of which contained small metal chairs, yeah, yeah. Does that sound familiar to you? I'm not saying it corroborates other people's stories, but he said these small metal chairs looked like they were molded from the ship, like the ship was cut from just one piece and everything was you know, molded into the ship. It was like one solid thing. Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah, because Bob Lazar said the same thing, that the small chairs <clears throat> were like molded into the ship, that the ship looked like it was one thing and they carved the interior out of it. Pretty odd. Gauges, dials. Hieroglyphic inscriptions and writings around the inside. He also saw three entities or non-human people, as he stated, lying on the ground. Two were just outside the craft with a third somewhat farther away. He described the bodies as hairless with large heads, big eyes, small mouths, and very small just holes for ears. The Reverend Huffman said the dead individuals were about four feet tall and seemed to have no hard bone structure, but very long arms and fingers. Sounds familiar too, doesn't it? Anyway, after viewing the dead bodies, Reverend Huffman was asked to administer their last rites, right? You know, to pray over them. Upon doing so, he was escorted by military officials to a nearby location where he was sworn to secrecy and strongly warned never to discuss this with anybody, any, with anyone, anytime, ever, ever, ever. Again, a story like so many others in this phenomenon, right? It has all the trappings of a UFO investigation concerning 
you know, ghastly government entities and clandestine operations, right? He was told, this didn't happen. You didn't see this. This is a national security matter and is never to be talked about again. Given the large number of individuals present, I mean, it was highly likely the secret would eventually be revealed, right? I mean, even, even entities that used to work for the government and aren't a part of this whole UFO thing, they just say the government is extremely leaky. Although Reverend Huffman intended to keep silent you know, regarding the participation in this affair, he was not completely successful. Among those who eventually learned the secret were his wife, Floyd, his granddaughter, Charlotte, and the brother of Cape Girardeau County Sheriff Clarence Shade, who partially confirmed the story in a notarized sworn affidavit, which you don't see in these kind of investigations ever. In addition to the accounts of the UFO crash, uh, you know, passed on to her by her grandmother, Charlotte, she recalled one of the first situations in which she heard about it. She's, I quote this. Well, the first awareness that I had of it, the dead bodies, is actually a picture that my father had, and it was at a dinner party. I heard rumors, bits and pieces over conversations, but it was a picture, an old picture, because it had, it was like the old Kodax with lines and scallops around it. There were two men holding up, a non-human is the best way I can describe it, a little entity, a little person, who appeared to be about four feet tall. They had him underneath the armpits with arms outstretched on either side of him. Quote, Unfortunately, that picture was not in Charlotte's possession, and UFO researchers have never been able to locate it. UFO journalist B.J. Booth says of the Cape Girardeau story, this case ends like, uh, this is a quote, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you when I'm quoting stuff. Quote, this case, this case ends like many others, but appears by all indications to be authentic. Of course, you're a UFO journalist. Why wouldn't you say that? That wasn't in the quote. That was me. <laughs> quote again, all who have come in contact with Charlotte Mann have found her to be a trustworthy person who is not given to sensationalism, and she has sought no gain from her account. Charlotte Mann moved from Cape Girardeau to Tyler, Texas. I'm going to stop there. I don't like it when people say that. I have nothing to gain from this account. Well, you can say that all day long, but you gained a lot, in my opinion. Your name is going to be remembered throughout history. Yeah, in certain circles. But people in this UFO zeitgeist, and this entire thing, your name's going to be known forever. A hundred years from now, people are going to know who Bob Lazar is. And I'm not saying I don't believe Bob Lazar. In fact, I do. But, and I have an odd link to not only the crash site, but I'm just going to say all I will tell you, and I'm not trying to be cheeky or anything, but all I will tell you is that my grandfather worked in aerospace for 36 years. Okay? My grandfather worked in aerospace for 36 years. Bob is telling the truth. That's all I'm telling you. But... I don't like it when people say I have nothing to gain from it. Really? Are you sure? Because you're not going to experience the second death. Everybody dies physically, and it's known as a second death. When philosophers talk about this, theologians, philosophers, they say you die twice. You die when you physically die, and you die the last time a person says your name. I think the... 
ability to be remembered forever, that's a major gain that ensures your place in history. So that just kind of irks me when people say that. Based on his own analysis of the Cape Girardeau episode, noted ufologist Ryan Wood says one can reasonably conclude there was a crash event. The implications of this case, if fully proven, are part of the larger picture. Namely, extraterrestrial visitors are real, and certain factions of the government have been hiding this fact since at least 1941. Well, at least 1947. Wood also says the final resolution to the case is still out there. It may come in form of physical evidence, bits of wreckage, new witnesses, historical air photography, soil sampers, 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 soil samples, gee whiz, or archival research. All these fronts are being actively worked and there's reason to predict success. Yeah, what reason is that? I'm just being honest. For Ryan Wood's in-depth analysis and extensive documentation of this case, Google evidence for a crash retrieval in Cape Girardeau. Okay. Um, well, I don't know why I put that in my notes, but let's do that. <laughs> Did I tell myself to Google something because I'm going senile at 39 and I knew I would forget it? <laughs> okay, we have a <clears throat> Skeptics UFO newsletter that was published in 2001, actually scanned and published online. Seven pages, but man, that's a dense report. Whoo, buddy. But I'm not seeing anything in this. Here we go. Yep, actually, I am. Uh, Cape Girardeau crashed saucer claim. Let me scan over this real quick. Um, Cooper was one of Springfield's closest sources. I'm not seeing anything like earth shattering here. Nothing that the internet doesn't say. Swore them all to secrecy. I mean, this is the same stuff that you see with every report. What I'm interested in, kids, is the photo. If this thing exists. And let me tell you, I looked everywhere. <laughs> I did my gumshoe thing. And I found some photos on this show that are pretty damn rare. You know, we've found photos on strange places that are considered to be fucking lost. And we found a lot of shit that's difficult to find. I've shared links with YouTube channels that tackled this stuff. Like, hey, I run a podcast. We found what you were looking for and all. I, I, I pay it forward, you know. But this, this is eluding me. I couldn't even find anything on the dark web. And I do that sometimes. If we're really up against the wall. Go to the deep web, start looking, man. Couldn't find shit. Now, there is a photo out there. If you look it up, just to have some clear frame of reference here. Uh, let me, I had it bookmarked, but I want to try something. Cape, I can never spell Cape Girardeau correctly. Cape Girardeau, you, uh, let's do alien photo. I have never seen a more fake-looking alien photograph in my life. Now, we do have some of the original drawings that the Reverend made. Yes, we do. We have the Reverend's actual hand drawings. They're nothing spectacular. It looks like any other drawing from somebody who's not an artist. <laughs> no better than stick figures. In fact, the two men holding up the... Uh, EBE, as the government calls it, are stick figures. Uh, it's just, it's nothing earth-shattering. It's nothing crazy. This was 
drawn by a person who said he saw alien bodies. I don't want to be a pessimist here, but a lot of people are saying this guy is a reverend. You know, this guy, he has some credibility. He's a reverend. Well, I've seen, I'm sorry, man. Like I said, I don't want to be a pessimist. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I don't want to be a jerk. But I've I've read reports of reverends doing some really horrible things. And I've seen the YouTube story and I've, I've read the articles and I've seen the documentaries. Just as many horrible, fucked up things have been done by priests as anybody else. They're still human beings. And sometimes bad human beings slip through the cracks and end up going to seminary. It's a fact of life. It's true. I'm really sorry, but I'm not having the fact that he's a reverend point to evidence. I can't. I just can't use that as evidence. And we got to hold everything to that scrutiny. I know I said in an episode past that we got to take first, uh, you know, first, uh, first, yeah, what, what the fuck am I looking for? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, what, what is that term that they use in court? Um, you know, firsthand account. Yeah, my God. Why couldn't I say that? I stammered on that for like a good 30 seconds. Man, this episode's going to do well. But, you know, firsthand accounts. I know I did say that police, their firsthand accounts are more valid. But I have something to back that up. I have evidence to back that up. Police officers are trained. That is their fucking job, to observe and report. Sorry, Neil, you're wrong. I know firsthand accounts and our brains can be affected and our memories could be affected by so much outside stimuli. Neil, I'm with you on that, buddy. But police are trained to see things differently than we do. They're hired, trained to observe and report. I grew up around police officers. One of them was our next door neighbor. I'm telling you, Neil, and I love you. I love Neil. I love you, man. I like watching your speeches. I like watching. I learned a lot from this cat. He makes science fun. He really does. But I'm sorry, Neil. As far as what you said about the police and firsthand accounts, you're wrong, man. You're just wrong. I, I grew up by police, dude. I, they just, they see things differently than we do. They observe things differently than we do. That, but I don't have any evidence for, you know what I mean? It's not the same saying, well, he's a reverend, so we have to listen to what he says. If the cop was a bad person, right? If he was stealing money from crime scenes and running drugs, you know, and all that stuff, and but I would, I would kind of take his account, you know, as more of a valid one because not only is he trained to observe, he's a good enough criminal to not be caught, right? But you know, I, I digress. I'm just screwing around, but it doesn't matter if the cop was a good or bad person. This doesn't hinge on morality. This hinges on how this guy was fucking trained. And a reverend, your job is to be a leader, a spiritual leader. Your job is to coach and to teach and to pray and to guide. I don't see anything in your resume that makes you more believable based on your chosen field. Does that make sense? In short, the reason why 
I made the distinction that a firsthand account from a police officer is better than anybody else's because of how they're trained. A reverend is not trained. Okay, none of the train. Let me say it this way: none of the training that a reverend gets is going to be more helpful in identifying a UFO. Does that make any fucking sense? <laughs> anyway, back to this picture. This picture looks absolutely awful. <laughs> it looks like a foam party store alien being held by two guys who had khakis, white t-shirts, and bought some fedoras at Walmart that day to make it look like they're from the 1940s. <laughs> and we can't forget the creepy silhouette in the foreground. Gotta have that. It, it's just, it's a terrible photograph. But you know what's funny? <clears throat> One thing I've noticed is that the things that, it just goes both ways. The things that you look at and you're like, oh man, give me a break. There's no fucking way that's real. You find out that those are the legit photographs. And then when you say, this is this is too amazing to be true. No way. No way. This photo is too good. This is too clear. This is too clean. Those are the ones that mostly end up being true. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this photograph is bullshit. It just, it looks, it's not, it's just not selling it to me. I, I don't, I, it, it looks so fucking fake, man. It really does. I can't prove if the photo is the real deal or not. I mean, it's never been found. It's never been released. The family has never, you know, and I can't even find the origin of this photo that I'm looking at it on Pinterest right now. I can't verify where this thing came from or how they got it, right? If you say you have a photograph from the 1941 Cape Girardeau crash, wouldn't you have some kind of story as to how you acquired the photo? Oh, the reverend gave it to me on his deathbed, or it was on his pocket when blah, blah, blah. Or when he passed away, his uh, personal belongings went here, and that's where we found it. There's no story attached to this photograph. just exists on the internet, just popped up on Reddit one day and Pinterest. That's not enough, man. I can't count it. It looks fake as hell, and there's nowhere to go with this photo. There's nowhere to go back from it. You do a Google reverse image search, which is actually a good idea. I did not do that. So let's do a reverse image search, and I want to see where the origin of this photo is. I want to see. That's a good idea, actually. I want to see the source of this image. Okay. Uh, where did this image come from? Okay, it says find image source. Oh, that means the source of the image that I clicked on. Okay. So we need to find the, the, the first mention of this thing. And it looks like... If, yeah, it's Pinterest. Pinterest, Reddit, a couple of news agencies, a blog... So that's when this photo started popping up. 2017. 2017. I found one in 2010. Can we go back any older? Is there a way to filter this? Okay. It doesn't bring up a lot. We only have five pages on Google. Oldest one I'm seeing, 2010. And where is that one from? Oh, here's one from 08. Unexplainable.net. And I looked up the actual image, so we're, we're, we're looking up source here. We're going to keep digging right here on the show. 
Okay, 08. I'm going to open another tab there. That might be the oldest one because now we're looking at Korean sites, and here's one from Russia. Okay, so 2008 is the oldest mention of this picture, and it's from unexplainable.net. Amazingly, this website is still around. It's the type of aliens that have been seen in, you know, like throughout UFO reports and the different kind of quote-unquote species of aliens. The caption is, this is the supposed photograph from the 1941 Cape Girardeau crash. There is no reference, no source reference about this photo. We acquired it anonymously. So it looks like somebody just sent this to them. But I also see the same week that this was posted on this website. It's, it looks like it hit a forum. And I just closed the fucking page. But it, it just it hit a forum right before that. So it looks like, to me anyway, it looks like this photo just popped up. Just popped up on the internet. You know, I see no evidence whatsoever that this photograph was taken from, taken from our boy. You know? So what do we have? Huh? What do we have? I put a thing out on Facebook. I live an hour and a half from Cape Girardeau. I'm not from this area. And I know people who have grown up here their whole lives. I knew people who grew up in fucking Cape Girardeau. So I put word out there on Facebook. This was last week. Hey, if you know anything about the Cape Girardeau UFO crash, let me know. You know, I asked all my friends. I asked everybody from around here. Nobody told me a thing. Some people said, oh, yeah, I kind of remember something like that. Most of them, though, said, there was a UFO crash in Cape Girardeau? Like, most of them didn't even know. I can see how this event, if it happened, was overshadowed by Roswell. I mean, Roswell was just so sensational. But why? There's something that bugs me about this Cape Girardeau case. It really bugs me. When the whole Roswell incident happened, and again, I'm going to say I think we've proven it on this show. We had a smoking gun. There's no refuting that Raimi memo. Period. Underline. Fucking bold. It's in the picture. It's on the paper in his fucking hand. Roswell happened, man. I'm telling you. We proved it. So considering Roswell is fucking true, what made it so sensational? Well, I can tell you. The newspaper at the time saying that they recovered a flying saucer in Roswell, New Mexico. There's a newspaper saying this. RAAF captures. I'm looking at it right now. It's on my fucking wall. Yeah, I have some dirt from the Roswell crash. It's a I bought it on eBay. Certificate of authenticity, miss. It's a real deal. But I'm looking at it right now. It has a little facsimile of the uh, newspaper on it. RAAF captures flying saucer on ranch in Roswell. This is the newspaper, the Roswell Daily Record, public newspaper. What happens? Somebody, for one reason or another, goes, oh, shit, retract that too late. Well, grab as many of those fucking papers as you can and make another statement. Now that we know that Roswell is true, we can assume that, see, let me go back. You know what bugs me is that this happened anyway. Did somebody in the government say, oh, we need to, you know, we tell the press this. This needs to get out there. But then did someone, did a light bulb go off in somebody's head and they say, wait a minute. 
This is technology from another civilization here. We could weaponize this thing because, you know, damn well, in this country, in America, if they stumble upon some kind of technology and they can use it to fucking kill people, they're going to keep it for themselves. And if it was something completely useless, that's what they give the public. But if they can find a way to weaponize this and fucking hurt people with it, then they're going to keep it. Did a light bulb go off in somebody's head and they went, oh, shit, look what we have here. We can't tell the public this. This thing is capable of interstellar travel. Can we back engineer it? I bet thoughts are careening through this guy's head at a million miles an hour. Tell me I'm wrong. Back engineering, weaponizing, interstellar travel, wormhole travel, time travel. We don't know who made it, what made it, what is it made out of, where did they come from? I can't imagine what would be going off in my head. I'm not saying I side with them making that other bullshit statement which we all know at this point is a lie but the reason I'm mentioning this is because I'm thinking how come this didn't happen with Cape Girardeau did it actually happen because uh, think about it the press got a hold of this it didn't happen by accident somebody told the press this and there are very verifiable, this is documented accounts of the military telling the press this is what happened. They publish it. Somebody goes, oh, shit, what did we just do? Or some call came down from on high, retract that fucking statement. Do you have any idea what you just did? I don't see that at Cape Girardeau. It seems to me that Roswell was either... That story coming out in the newspaper was either a mistake, somebody had overheard something, or it was the first time ever a UFO crashed in modern society. And why do I say first time? Because the story got published in the local newspaper. So either it was the first time or a mistake, which I sincerely doubt. It sounds more like first time to me. We didn't know what to do, right? The military had time to sit back and think for a minute. That makes sense, doesn't it? Does this lend credence to Cape Girardeau not being true? No, I'm just pointing that out. Because I'll say right now, we have to say merits further study. I have nothing to debunk this. We Okay, so look, this is hard. This is what's difficult about proving and debunking stuff on the show. If you debunk something, you have to have proof that it did not happen. Like, remember that haunting that we talked about? And we found out that it was a gas leak and it caused every single physical ailment these people were, ha were having. Like, and we could describe the stages, you know, before we even knew the rest of the story. It was a gas leak. Even the like weird stuff in the pictures, you know, we proved that it was a gas leak. That's how we can debunk it because we had proof that it did not happen. We don't have proof here, period. We don't have proof that it happened. We don't have proof that it did happen. All we have is assumption. Well, the reverend, he wouldn't break his vow and all that. I, I'm sorry. And I'm not pinning anything on this guy. He was probably a great human being. I won't speak ill of the dead, but I've seen reverends here and there do some pretty fucked up shit. So I'm not going to pin that on him, saying, oh, he's a reverend, so he wouldn't have spoke. Reverend or not, vow or not. You see some dead aliens in a fucking field, you're going to tell somebody. That's just how it is. And 
I'm not going to assume and just say, well, since he was a reverend, we got to listen to his story. Come on. That's pretty loose, man. There's not a lot of meat there. Or you can go the other route, which I was, I just dove into. Nothing was published in the local paper, and there was no like evidence of we don't know what to do, you know, like in Roswell, as far as do we tell the press, do we this or that? So Cape Girardeau can't be real. Well, how do you know that some that someone in the military told the press? The only thing that we could prove about Roswell was the Ramey memo. That the only thing that that proved was that a UFO crash in Roswell did occur. There were bodies. They were recovered and taken to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. That is the only thing that we can prove as far as Roswell. We have nothing with Cape Girardeau. We got to say it merits further study, man. We have to. I have nothing to prove it or disprove it. There's nothing. It's an awesome story. And we're going to run into more of these. <laughs> I do still feel the need to say merit further study because um, we're going to start getting into, you know, the more stories we do, we're going to run out of the big major ones. Everybody talks about the Mothman. Everybody talks about Bigfoot. Everybody talks about, you know, the Loch Ness Monster. Everybody talks about Roswell. We did it. Everybody talks about Skinwalker Ranch. We did it. Everybody talks about Mars anomalies and the moon. And, you know, we're going to start getting into some obscure stuff. That's just the nature of the game. So we're going to have a lot of things that merit further study, but I still feel the need to say it because I really do I really do believe that if you dig hard enough, if you dig down enough, you will eventually find something that proves or disproves it. But there are things like Cape Girardeau, man, where there is nothing. It's just a void of information. It stops at a certain point and there's a fucking wall made out of adamantium there. And it wasn't placed there by anybody. You just know that this is the end of this story. We can't find shit. If you want to get into odds, okay. I'm not a mathematician. I'm not a scientist. You think this planet that we live on is big? No, <laughs> it's not. Do you ever see what that photo when Carl Sagan told them to turn Voyager around and take a picture at the Earth? Next to Saturn's rings, that thing's a pinprick. And there are planets out there that are much bigger than Saturn. Earth is tiny, man. Are you kidding me? It's tiny. It's Possum Trot, New Mexico. It's Corridon, Iowa. You know, it's a it's a smudge on the map, dude. And we're out. We're on the outside edge of the Milky Way. We're on one of the one of the tails that kind of comes off of it. Earth is a backwater town, blink and you'll miss it. Planet. What are the fucking odds that a UFO? is going to just crash into Earth on its way through. Come on, man. That's got to be astronomical. But with Roswell, we did prove that it happened. It happened. So what does that tell you? Earth is somehow interesting. Maybe life is pretty unique. We haven't found any life yet, and we've discovered how many exoplanets? Shitload. An actual metric shitload, right? <laughs> life is a Maybe life is a pretty fucking rare thing. Maybe something about Earth is interesting. Is it our natural resources? Is it the life on the planet? Is the, is it the oceans? Is it the fact that, uh, you know, we... What is it, man? There's got to be something about Earth that's interesting. They were here once, right? I think the odds of them, them just crashing into a planet is ridiculous. The chances of that are so astronomical. 
Do you know how huge the <laughs> Do you know how huge the cosmos is? Earth is nothing. Our plant our arps our sun gargantuan unfathomably huge to us, right? Right? Look at our sun against Betelgeuse sometime. Look at our sun against a lot of the other stars out there. For some reason, cosmically, our little solar system got the short end of the stick, man. We got a tiny-ass planet. Little, tiny star. Tiny. Tiny. What I'm trying to say is, um, you could take a bowling ball the size of your mom and throw it into space, and it's not going to hurt. <laughs> it's not going to hit Earth. Earth is tiny, dude. But Roswell did happen. They came to Earth for some reason, and for some reason their ship crashed. Was it our atmosphere that did it? Was it shot down? This was during a lightning storm. Was this one of the older crafts and they'd never seen lightning before? We can do this all day and talk about why that UFO crashed. Was it hit by lightning? Had they ever even seen lightning before? Did they even know what lightning was? And their ships were not designed to protect themselves against that. Was it shot down? Was it even shot down by us? You know what I mean? Was somebody cleaning one of the windows or restocking the vending machine and someone hit the fucking uh, self-destruct button? I don't know. We can, and I'm not being silly here. I'm serious. We can talk about this all day. Was a deal worked out beforehand? Did somebody contact our government and say, hey, you got something we want, and we know damn well that we got something you want. Was a deal worked out beforehand? See, look, all I got to do is uh, accidentally nudge this panel over here. Ship crashes. Problem solved. Did they all die in the crash? Was a mistake made? Did they get a little overzealous? Or was one whisked away? I'm telling you, we could do this all day. Because we know that a UFO crashed in Roswell in 1947, it was covered up, and there were bodies. Did it happen at Cape Girardeau? No idea. There's nothing to prove it or disprove it. If it happened, wow. This is years before Roswell. We need to rethink our narrative about <laughs> this kind of phenomenon, right? I don't think we'll ever, ever find out what really happened. And Cape Girardeau, I don't think we ever will. I would like to be proven wrong. Have you guys heard in the news lately that the Somerton man has been identified? Yeah. The oldest unknown person case in Australian history, the Somerton man, the Tom Um should guy. If you don't know who that is, look it up. Fascinating. He was identified earlier last week. Yeah. Identified by DNA. There was a hair sticking out of the death mask that they used, the plaster mask that they put over his face before they buried him. There was a hair sticking out of it. And through DNA, they had some tips that they were looking at that go back a ways. They chose the most promising tip they had, and turns out that they were right. There was that family's DNA in that hair. Somerton man's been identified. Now, that was a case I never, ever thought would see the light of day, ever. This guy's a spy, or this guy's that, this guy's that. And it turns out he was just a missing family member who might have been just a little eccentric, a little odd. Perfectly normal explanation. 
Is any of that going to happen with Cape Girardeau one day? I, I really don't know. But then again, we can never say never, right? Because we now know who the Summerton man is. Crazy. So yeah, that's all we got, man. What do you think of the Cape Girardeau UFO crash of 1941? I almost said 1947 because 47 just rolls off the tongue naturally when you say UFO crash. Did this thing happen? Uh, is there any piece of evidence that I forgot to look at that would have blown this whole thing apart? I don't say that arbitrarily. Let me know. And we'll do a part two. Can't find anything to prove it or disprove this thing, man. Merits further study. It's what I got to say. But anyway, do you know anything I don't that I failed to see in my research? Let me know. Go on Asylum817.com. That's Asylum817.com for all things Strange Places related. All the social media links are there as well as the link to get to our Patreon account where you can get everything from ad-free bonus episodes, giveaways of certain tiers, all kinds of crap. So check it out. Little as a dollar a month. Shout out to the patrons, by the way, the Kunkel Homestead YouTube channel, Donald Haynes, David Peterson. I really appreciate you guys. Thanks for being around. The show wouldn't be around without you guys. Thanks to my sponsors. I appreciate all of you. And yeah, we'll see you next time. Are we ever going to run out of strange places to talk about? I don't think so. Because every town has a strange place. And maybe one day, we'll visit yours. The Strange Places podcast is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a music label for truly independent artists. They will distribute and share your music on every streaming platform the internet has to offer. And the best part is that you keep all of your royalties. In fact, DistroKid has made history, marking the first time that an artist on the charts made 100% of their earnings. This is the music industry's worst nightmare, giving indie artists complete control over their art. For only 20 bucks a year, you can upload unlimited music, and with the split feature, you can split a percentage of the earnings to your bandmates. If you click the affiliate link in this episode's description, you get 7% off the first year. But did I mention that after that, it's only 20 bucks a freaking year? I've been a musician for a long time. My music is heard all over the world, and yours should be too. Click the link in this episode's description to not only support Strange Places, but put control of your own music back into your hands. No contracts, no hidden clauses, no lovely coin men in their lovely, lovely suits. Thanks to DistroKid for being a sponsor and giving this old dog an audience.